Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to another episode of Actors with Issues. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today, we are joined by not one, but two triple threats of stage and screen who are starring in the upcoming Steven Spielberg film, West Side Story, the second adaptation of the classic Broadway musical, David Alvarez and Josh Andres Rivera. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. So firstly, congratulations on such a beautiful film. Uh, I went to a screening last week and was just blown away by the scale and the diversity of the cast and how faithful it was to the original uh film but had all of these new social issues sprinkled in by the great tony kushner who wrote the script and of course steven spielberg's direction just incredible all of you guys just i was so emotional throughout it we'll get into it in a little bit but i uh, just want to say congrats uh, and i can't wait for audiences to to see it because it's really a beautiful work of art thank you i can't wait for the world to see it yeah same that's really something. Uh, so we're going to start with a, a quick game called Getting to Know You. We're going to put 60 Ooh. seconds on the clock and see how many of these rapid fire questions we can get through. Uh, we'll start with an easy one and we'll start with David. Uh, David, coffee or tea? Coffee. Josh, drama or comedy? Comedy. Uh, David, hero or villain? Villain. I knew it. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Josh, stage acting or screen acting? Oh, I can't answer oh, forever for the rest of time. Give me, give me gigs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, film or TV? Film. Uh, Josh, do you have a secret talent? Uh, um, I'm double jointed on my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a talent, right? <laughs> uh, David, what movie never fails to make you cry? Oh, um. E.T. Nice. Uh, Josh, what movie never fails to make you laugh? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, The Room with Tommy Wiseau. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> oh, it kills me. I've seen it so many times. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, lastly, so this one's for both of you. Uh, describe your most memorable audition in three words and memorable can be good or bad. So that's up to you. Uh, my most memorable audition was for, I think it was for Rock of Ages or something. And I went in and I didn't like prepare well enough. And I sang the song a whole octave lower than it was supposed <laughs> to be sung. And then they asked me to sing it an octave higher and I just couldn't get to those notes. And it was so embarrassing. And they were like, do you, do you take singing classes? <laughs> it was just, I just walked out with my tail between my legs i'm like ever again do an audition like this yeah very memorable i i did one when i was like 16 but i was so nervous it was for like a nickelodeon movie this is when i was still in high school and like they had me bring in a song to sing and i think i sang like caught up by usher or something because they wanted a pop song and then they had me do the sides and there was this word that i pronounced it wrong it was supposed to be like Palace, like it was the title of like a venue or something and i kept just saying it wrong and she probably told me like seven different times how to say it and i just i just didn't do it i don't know what i think it was just like so nervous i just didn't i could not get it in my head and I, you know the face of the person at the end where they're like thanks <laughs> that's, what, coming. that's what people don't Thank understand is Thank that <laughs> Uh, actors we fail so many times we just fail and fail and fail and then we get we get our shot but it's a lot of failing oh yeah <laughs> gotta get really accustomed to that for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, so gentlemen when did each of you first find your passions for performing and what was that nudge that 
made you dive all in and pursue it as a career? Now, David, I know that you have a less than traditional journey of an actor, uh, one of young Stony Warners at age 15. Um, but when did all of that start for you? For me, it was when I did Billy Elliot um, on Broadway. And I think I never really wanted to be an actor or anything like that. Um, uh, I just kind of once I was on that stage on Broadway and I felt that energy and I felt what it was like to control this auditorium and and make people laugh and make people cry. I just I got addicted to that feeling. And that's when I knew I, I want to be a performer. I want to be an actor. And this is what I'd like to do, you know, as a career. And Josh, what about you? Yeah, I I feel like I have a really a corny one. I was really I was doing sports and stuff in high school. And then like I was doing uh, football and track and I was like a linebacker and stuff. And then like my choir teacher, because I was really into choir and I've always really liked to sing since I was really young. But it never occurred to me, you know, that I could do it as like a career. Um, and they were doing uh, this like pop show that we did in our school that was just like a bunch of different numbers compiled together that the students would put together and me and a couple of my buddies who i still keep in touch with now we play dungeons and dragons on sundays and they have a little band they're a bunch of musicians and they wanted me to sing in their band and so my sophomore year i sang in front of an audience for the first time ever and it was such a moving experience. There was something about it, like the energy of it, that I just absolutely fell in love with. And then after that, my choir teacher was like, you should do the musical next semester. And I was like, I can't, I'm doing football. And then- <laughs> Get out of here. Then, yeah, and then I quit football so I could do the musical. So, you know, it's my story. It's <laughs> a high school musical. He has to choose between basketball or doing yeah, the right? show. That's, That's okay. right. <laughs> think somebody forced me to watch that on that basis and honestly i liked it not bad, not bad <laughs> um but yeah that's abridged that's mine so i mean you mentioned that because of not really knowing that you could have a career in performing or in singing do you think that the lack of representation from when we were all younger has something to do with that like we never saw ourselves really in the industry at the forefront so we thought well what makes me think I can do that? I think that's a multifaceted question because yes, partially. I think, but it more came from my my family. Uh, that wasn't a thing that was really like my my both my parents moved here from from Puerto Rico to go to grad school and build a career and build a life and build a better future for their children, which they did. You know, and and at that point, it's it was. I think the idea was that you know we don't have that kind of luxury to to sort of do something like that. And they were very very stressed initially when I decided I want to go into theater. And I think that's a I think that's a pretty typical idea in those kinds of households. I mean, they're both analytical chemists. You know, they it's not it's not in the field of like like realistic futures. Um, so I think I think partially yes, but I mean I, I would have to say that that is more my personal experience with that and like and and my family. Um, but I do think I mean yeah if there was if there was more if there was more representation it would probably not be well I don't know that's that's hard for me to say for sure, mm -hmm. but I I do think it it contributes, uh, you know. And David, what about you? Do you think that that plays a role into some of the 
doubt or concern. Like I grew up in an immigrant household. Yeah. Uh, both my parents came from El Salvador. And when I decided I wanted to go into media, they're just like, we don't know anyone in media, so we can't help you out. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a, a huge element to it where you don't see um, that kind of representation from your community. And therefore you feel like maybe you can't do it. But I was always very lucky that my parents never cared about any of that. They always said, if you want to be a dancer, you can be a dancer. If you want to be an actor, you can be an actor. If whatever you want to do, you can do it. Don't, don't let the world decide what you can do and what you can't do. So for me, it was, I was never, I never felt like I couldn't do it because I'm a Latino. I did feel like there wasn't enough representation, but I felt like I could, I could, kind of just do it if I really loved it. Um, so it, it really does depend on the household that you grow up into. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have a lot of people supporting me along this journey. And just looking at the films this year, um, honestly, I, I just feel like what a year to be uh, Latinx because you've got movies like In the Heights, Vivo, Encanto, which I just saw and was blown away by that movie as well. And of course, with West Side Story, um, this is arguably one of the most uh, very representative years for the Hispanic and Latinx communities. Uh, what is a change that you want to see in the entertainment industry regarding that representation? Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see more jobs for the Latin community. I'd like to see um, us to be able to play different roles and, and not be stereotyped and not um, fall into these boxes and just to be treated like everyone else. We just want to be like every other artist. Um, and I think that's changing now. And I think Steven Spielberg has uh, taken a huge leap um, into kind of pioneering this and, and, and opening the doors for the Latin community to be able to be respected and, and be given a chance to tell our story. I was I was uh, having this conversation with somebody where I I would love like from a top to bottom standpoint just to see more from a from a producing lens like more people who want to make like like a Lord of the Rings or a Fast and the Furious kind of movie you know just something that like with a with a black and brown lead a black or brown lead you know or, or with a or with a Latin lead you know so those kind of movies where you know it sort of becomes normalize that it doesn't always have to be about the struggle or 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 the or being on the outside of something like just sort of like escapism with like you know different sort of people like leading those yeah um you know like some kind of just escape escapism like fantasy movie you know with like yeah. a, a latin or, or or you know somebody from from those communities so mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's something that I, I think about all the time where I'm like, man, it would be so sick to see movies that are just like, you know, like that. And and nothing really has to be like so totally different or, or mean a lot. Just like to see yourself. I remember how much it meant to me. Like I play a lot of video games. I'm like a big nerd. And like the new like Spider-Man video game came out with Miles Morales was like the protagonist. Yeah. And I remember like how much it meant to me, like web slinging through Harlem and seeing Puerto Rican flags and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, at the end of the day, you're playing Spider-Man, but it means so much to have like that person being like spearheading the, you know, the story. It's, it's, it's huge.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying today's episode so far, please do us a big favor and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you're listening and leave us a rating and review. You can also head over to Instagram and give us a follow at Actors With Issues. Believe me, reviews, ratings, and follows really help us out and get our show out there to help more people, actors and artists who are looking for advice from professional working actors. Be sure to also share the podcast with any of your friends and family that you think would enjoy the show. As always, thank you for all of your support. Now, let's get back to the show. Uh, so with West Side Story, um, you guys filmed the movie over two years ago at this point, And because of the pandemic, it was delayed the release an entire year. So what's it been like for you guys to get to experience the film in its entirety and reunite with the cast after such a long time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm just speechless because we've been waiting for this for such a long time. And I was a nervous wreck. I didn't know what to expect, what it was going to be like. And then the first time I saw it, I just remember I had no words. I was just completely taken back from it. Um, and I was just so proud that this movie was made and that Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner and this whole incredible creative team brought so much love and passion to this. And you can see it. You can see it in the finishing product. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I remember kind of... I mean, I think we were all separated from it for a, a pretty long time because everybody was just trying to figure out how to proceed and, and what we were going to do. And I remember for a while sort of just, you know, like living my own life, auditioning and kind of doing that. And I remember the first trailer came out. It was the teaser trailer. I think that was what in, in yeah. March it was, the, it was with the Oscars. And I remember immediately being like transported back in time and just that excitement, that giddiness from like when I first heard I got cast just completely came back. And I was like, oh, like, it, and that's sort of how it feels now, you know, especially yeah. seeing everybody and having this like colossal reunion. It's It's been so incredible. And the fact that we get to experience it in theaters too, I'm really, really thankful for. Um, we get to have the whole kit and caboodle and like experience all that together too. As a as the community that made the movie, we get to okay. come full circle and and watch it. It's yeah, it's been something else. Yeah, I, I there's one particular moment that I got very emotional when I watched it. Mind you, I watched it on an IMAX screen, so I really got to like take it all in. Yes. Uh, it was during America when the little kids start dancing with everyone and you just see yes. this beautiful group of people. And again, the, you see the, the the real diversity within the Latinx community because unfortunately that lacks in a lot of Latin led projects and getting to see like just the full scale of like, this is what our people are was just like such a beautiful moment. Um, again, like what a year to be, <laughs> to be Latinx, seriously. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so for each of your characters, did you draw any inspiration from um, other characters in media that you grew up watching or from real people in your own lives? Yeah, I think probably my biggest inspiration for the role of Bernardo was um, two two different characters. Um, one was an actual person and one is just um, an actor who played Tybalt 
1967 Romeo and Juliet movie, um, Michael Kors. And he, I just love the way he portrayed Tybalt. Tybalt is um, Juliet's cousin, which in West Side Story is kind of Bernardo to Maria. Um, and I loved what he did with that character. And I definitely took a lot of inspiration from that 1967 Romeo and Juliet for Bernardo. And then I, when I was in the army, I had um, a friend who was from Puerto Rico and I just loved this, this guy and how he like presented himself and how, how strong he was and how um, I definitely took a lot of inspiration from, from my friend um, who, who was in the army. And then I kind of combined different elements to, to create this character. Um, but yeah, I was really happy. It, it was fun. It was really fun to create this character. Um, maybe this is bad. I don't know that I, I don't know that I took, uh, inspiration from like somebody as a whole. I feel like what I really like to do is like observe different qualities in people and like through the text kind of figure out how those elements come together to make a full disposition and a full person. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was, it was a really, really exciting challenge. Cause as you saw, it's sort of a, a bit of a departure from the original Chino's incarnation in this particular movie, yeah. you know, he's a bit more gentle and kind in the beginning and, and the way that that arc plays out is just, Oh, it's juicy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think something that was a lot of fun about that is kind of thinking about who this guy was thinking about like people I know, like how a typical person would, behave or react to the things that happen to and around him and like the layers that he over the course of the movie sheds and tacks on from his personality it was it was a really fascinating kind of practice to sort of empathize with that kind of character um yeah I couldn't think off the top of my head if I if I base that on anybody in particular I had a lot of help from Stephen and Tony um, it was a nice collaborative effort to sort of build this guy from scratch a bit. Yeah. Now that you uh, bring that up, he really is such a departure from the original mm-hmm. uh, character. He's not sort of a Bernardo 2.0. Yeah. You know, who's just like, oh, this is like his cool friend. It's like, no, he's he got a good, he's a good man. He's got a good, he's got a good, he's got a job. He's, yeah. uh, you know, just more of like, a, it shows that how much Bernardo's like looking out for Maria. Like he's a good guy. He'll provide for you, you know. And it's and and it's I'm really thankful for that because I think it really does serve the story. I mean, it makes it all the more tragic and it and it shows the collateral damage that like refusing to understand the other side has on everybody and and both communities. I mean, there's the innocent people get hurt and and good people do things that bad people would do. Uh, so we have just a few more minutes left. So we're going to go into our last little game. Uh, this one is not timed, so no need for a rapid fire. Okay, uh, sure. It's called Now That We Know You. And uh, we'll start with uh, David for this one. Or for actually, each one we'll do for both of you okay. uh, since we have a few minutes. Uh, so fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? Homeless. Homeless. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I was gonna I was gonna say biologist, dang. <laughs> uh, David, what was your biggest takeaway of the pandemic? Um how to uh tolerate the people you were quarantined with. Nice. <laughs> and Josh, what about you? 
Oh man, there's, that's hard to condense. That was a whole experience that obviously everybody went through. I think, um, I think like probably, probably finding little hobbies that I'm passionate about and that help me feel full. I started making a lot of like really dumb music because I wanted to get good at logic production software, but I don't really know how to use it. So I started the way that I practiced, I would just make these little songs. I like uh, one of them's called sexy blues. And like, it's about being so sexy that it's like physically impossible. It defies the laws of quantum physics. It's, like, <laughs> sexy. And yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was a good time. It was just like random stuff like that, that I was kind of like, Oh, I like this. This just makes me feel good. I should like practice <laughs> this. Like, I don't know, this is a new skill. And um yeah and beyond that i don't know i think just finding finding discovering different parts of myself that uh that i hadn't before it was a whole lot of self-discovery i'm sure everybody could agree you know we didn't walk away from this without learning something that we didn't know before about ourselves uh david what's the worst advice you've ever gotten um i guess try harder sometimes you don't have to try too hard and josh what about you there's the oh, sorry there's so many i could say but for this medium maybe not so much um because <laughs> <laughs> most advice that i get i think i take away some sort of like okay i get why you feel like that even if it's like terrible mm -hmm. advice nothing comes to mind really um uh <laughs> Well, in reverse, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? I was gonna, I was gonna say, I can think of the best piece of advice that I've gotten. It was from one of my first uh, voice and acting teachers, and he was like, "Don't smile so much. Why are you smiling all the time?" And um, I know that sounds like kind of weird, but also like, I do think that sometimes I and like you know probably a lot of people rely on like just kind of that to sort of lean on as a self defense mechanism or what have you. Um, but I remember him saying like, you're hiding so much of your emotional inner life because you just are smiling. And there's, there's only a, a handful of dimensions to that. Like you're not opening yourself up by just leaning on that. And I think I did kind of carry that into real life too. Cause you know, like if I'm upset with you and I'm trying to explain it and I'm doing this it's hard for you to take it seriously right. <laughs> you know so that's a good piece of advice that I got that served me in life and acting for sure David what is the best advice that you've ever gotten best advice I've ever gotten has been from multiple people and that's just to believe in yourself don't doubt yourself and uh, what is a world issue that you think more people should care about um, I think a world issue most people should care about. I mean, there's a lot of issues, but a big one is kind of to really try and understand um, the other side, really try and understand um, the perspectives of other cultures and uh, um, other people, other countries, other governments, just really try to understand because that's the only thing that's going to lead us to, to try and get together and make this world a better place. And Josh, what about you? I'm with you there. I remember that being a pillar of conversation that we had a lot while filming was just kind of the power of even keeping an open mind and dedicating yourself to being empathetic. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, live in New York City and there's a not small homeless population there. 
and Los Angeles as well. I think that has to do with a lot of different reasons. And I mean, that's something that I, I think uh, a lot of times I, I, you know, I like to talk to people and, and, and more often than not, you know, people are just, they're just people who, who went through it and, and need a little bit of help. Yeah. And I, I wish that everybody saw it that way. I think, yeah. uh, I, I think there's like a tendency to dehumanize and I, I, I think that's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like the economic inequality. In yes. This world. Absolutely. Yeah. Completely agree there. Well, Josh, David, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, and again, massive congrats on the movie. I cannot wait for everyone to see it. Um, for those who might want to give you a follow on Instagram, where can they find you guys? Um, David Alvarez, one, 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 one. Um, yeah, mine's just my full name, Josh Andres Rivera. Me follow. Uh, don't <laughs> yeah. <that> like button. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniel Official. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Monday with special bonus episodes every Thursday all month long. And don't miss David Alvarez and Josh Andres Rivera and West Side Story, which premieres worldwide Friday, December 10th. I'm Juaniala, this is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.